everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got to get his fourth. The dancing feet of your dog by Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Outside of the boot. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever. We catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch. I talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. This time we're, we're Zooming it. We're Zooming it today. We're uh, Zooming it on a Monday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're a bit apart today, so uh, we're that's why there's slight changes in audio, but thankfully Grant's coming through well. So... Yeah, we're four and four now. We were, we were four and one. <laughs> what were we second on the ladder or something like that? And <laughs> four and one, and then four and, bang. and uh, <laughs> four and one, and now four and four. But uh, um, but strangely, uh, my my enjoyment of the season really hasn't declined that much, to be honest. And and uh, it's a it's a year so far that I can see the bigger picture quite well. I can see a club stabilizing quite well and, and yet we've lost three in a row but the if you go through each game um you you can see positives in every game and and you know who the opponents are and you know you know obviously port and port and geelong and and collingwood and you know the scenarios of four goals up on pies and yep we got over on the end and uh, outscored Geelong last three quarters and you know so and we've obviously just lost by five with a, a possible Kick to tie the game uh, with 30 seconds to go. Uh, so we're, it's been a one where underneath we go, gee, we're definitely not favourites for these next, next three games. Yeah, no. And we could have pinched two of them, uh, but we haven't. And, and the positive is that we're in every game this year, we're in the game. Even the Saints game, it was tied with 10 minutes to go. Uh, we're, we're in every game. We're competing in every game. Uh, and then no one's dropping their head. Uh, we're getting fairly good, consistent performance by most of the guys. Uh, in reality, it's coming down to key moments where it's either you know, a fumble or a mishandle or, or just a, uh, a poor kick selection or that just didn't come off the boot right, uh, which, you know, we've said before, I'll accept that scenario of, of, of if we're going to lose the game, do it by that. Now, I think if there's one area you you go, okay, what can we get noticeably better at? No doubt what we're getting so far this year is the highlight between centre bounce clearances and stoppage clearances. And that's... That, clear as day. Yeah, that's very clear. Uh, you know, you, you've we've doubled the clearances in, in this game from the centre bounces and it's almost the opposite for stoppages around the ground. So the physicality and our contested work um, has has slightly dropped off. Now, I think that's because you're playing the top four teams and they're obviously, you know, you, the danger fields and these guys and your bokes and your, your, your power peppers and, your, you know, your, um, even Horn Francis is obviously the specialist in that area. Your physicality around that contest and contested work is probably where we've been for that late second half of the second quarter and third quarter got showed up a bit, uh, and and that's just and areas. The reason for that is that the reason the reason for that is that when 
they made the move due to Ridley to take Jake out of there? Yeah, it's there's no doubt. You know, the game is forty nine to thirty when when Ridley has his moment, and 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 obviously, well, Willie Rioli gave him his moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and ten minutes ago, if live on this show, uh, ten minutes ago, he's been sent straight to the tribunal, so he hasn't. So um, that means it's more of a serious kind of view that they took that they've taken on that. And hey, he's. Ridley's really out for two weeks, so he's out for that, that game and probably big part of us losing that game. Uh, and then he's obviously going to miss next week with protocol. So, But what happens is is the most dominant forward we have, which is Kyle Langford, uh, and, you know, he had three goal assists in, you know, almost in the first quarter alone, kicked a goal himself, kicked a goal in the sec- early in the second quarter. So he had he, he contributed five of the first seven goals, basically. Uh, he was the most effective forward by far. He has to move to half back. We then need some strength in the forward line. Stringer gets pulled out of the centre line. And... And everything is, you know, where our strengths were, um, suddenly uh, just uh, tampered with and, and and not as effective. And we just didn't adjust really for that next 40, 50 minutes of the game. And that's next 40, 50 minutes of the game. If, if we adjusted it earlier um, to how we played like the last quarter, we'd probably win that game. Um, but we didn't adjust. They've had 21 more inside 50s in that period and it was just an over, it really was quite overwhelming at stages, and obviously they didn't kick straight, uh, which you know they're probably frustrated at themselves. They, you know, their fans have every right, Port fans, to think you know we could have won by three or four goals too, and yeah. that that would be a justifiable position. Um, but we held on uh, well enough and competed in that last quarter really, really well to try and almost win the game. Uh, we actually ended up winning the clearances. And inside fifties in the last quarter, and I, I, I take my hat off to them, and because they were getting smashed so much in that second, third quarter, to turn around that much to where you've actually started winning the ball. They've had nine shots on goal. Unfortunately, just three of them got uh, were majors. And uh, when you lose by five points, it's frustrating. But like I said, the Port fans are thinking the exact same thing in the second, third quarter when they probably kicked two goals, ten at some or something like that. So, in the end, uh, look in the end. For me, I'll be honest, probably Port justified their win in as far as how much they were dominant in those two quarters. But that Ridley incident with Rioli did have a massive effect on this whole game because we were well and truly up. Uh, We were controlling that game. Uh, You know, Langford looked crazy dangerous uh, at the, the first 40 minutes of that game. Ridley was controlling half back. Stringer looked incredibly dangerous in the middle. And that just, that one incident, which I hope the AFL look at, um, was a major. He's already been, you've just heard he's already been sent to the tribunal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is a, is a major, major thing. So what are your thoughts? Um, but that's my kind of, uh, my, the, some, 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 what's that? Submissions, summary, summaries, summary that you've just given again, mate. Doesn't leave me much much room. Sorry, I do. <laughs> I just, I go okay. So you've covered all of it again. Um, oh, how do you think you're going? Uh, just let me direct it. After this game of round eight, we're four and four. How have you felt? Just even including this game, but have you felt the year going so far as a fan? Mate, I think, I think we've said this. We sort of said it before the the pod today. We sort of said. Games like that are 
against Port are difficult to provide commentary on because I think everybody knows that we're different than we were last year, right? The 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 way the players are playing, the the, the game plan. Yeah. Sorry, the what? I was going to say the spirit of the group yeah, the and, cont- the and com- competing. The way we're competing, we're not getting blown out. We're not dropping our heads and and ending up six to eight goals down and all this sort of stuff. We're coming back. We're we're beating the likes of Melbourne, which is no mean no mean feat, right? So, I think we can see the direction that the club is going. And Brad Scott's consistent message is yet to use learnings and any sort of interesting adjectives, but um. The bit that frustrates me, mate, and I wonder if the listeners are the same, is that at what point do we start to, uh, like, uh, my my opinion on this next statement I'm about to make, which is probably wildly backwards way of saying this, but I don't think it's time yet for us to be uh, strict with the players. I'm meaning I don't think we're there yet to be a really strong, vicious AFL team that is going to take wins away from the likes of Brisbane, right? I think we've got a lot to learn yet. Mm-hmm. And I think we can't demand too much of this side yet because we're still learning Scott's game plan. It's been not even a half of a season yet, at half of one season. And we're already going, geez, we could have beat Port. And so that's where I get, I get a bit confused in that I look at the Port game and I look at Collingwood and those games and I go, geez, man, we could have won. We could have won. We should have won those games. And they're the games that professional sides that really know their stuff don't lose, i.e. Port Adelaide and Collingwood. So putting it back on you, mate, am I being (laughs) (laughs) am I being too harsh on them by saying, no, 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 no. Professionally, they should have been better than that and they should have beat Collingwood and they should have beat Port Adelaide. Or are we still on the fact of, no, no, that's going to happen because they are a new side and they are learning a new way of playing? Uh, How I see it is I'm probably more holistic in my view and I, I did a post on our Facebook today around our percentage. Uh, and and the reason why I posted that was because our percentage is 109 at the moment, right? So I think it's yep. a fair gauge now to know where our percentage because people can argue our first four weeks, even though St Kilda was in them, and we now know St Kilda are a very very good side, um, where we had winnable games, fine. But the next four weeks were the complete opposite. It were the top four kind of almost teams uh, yeah. that you've played. So it's a good it's a good idea now. We go, okay, where, where do we sit after all that? Um, where do we sit? And uh, the if you finish 2022 with 79%, right? So that's pretty pitiful. Um, and then now we're at 109. So going from 109 from 79. Uh, and the reason why you're 109 is, is because let's for example round twenty two or round twenty one last year no round twenty two last year Marvel Stadium our home game Port mm-hmm. Port twenty three eight one hundred and forty six Essendon nine eight sixty two 
So now that's our home game. Now look at yeah. this Port game and going, we could have stolen that game and if Ridley doesn't go out, we actually could have won that game. And so that's, then you go to the previous week and go, everyone remembers round one Geelong and, and go, oh, my yeah. God, that was a horrific performance. Yeah. Now go back. I know the first quarter happened, but now go, okay, we score 100 points in three quarters and outscore them for the next three for three quarters. Geelong, and we make it just a 28-point margin. And so then as a, as a kind of a holistic view, when coaches say that your percentage is a good guide of where your team is at, I think this is, for me, a really good guide of where Essendon's at. They're, they're kind of on the cusp, but then just not there yet as a mature group. Uh, that's what, that's, okay, so that's, that's the sort of the answer to my question, right, is that as a mature group, a professional mature group, we can't yet expect them to be ruthless and to put a, a foot on a throat and keep a foot on a throat all the way to the final siren. We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet to even play four quarters against those top four teams of a reasonable standard. Where led to Geelong, I mean, you know, nearly every game, I would even include Port Adelaide in that third quarter. Um where they just didn't kick straight, but it was a kind of a wave of inside 50s, right? And we just couldn't get it almost into our forward line. Um, every, every, you know, then you got the last quarter against Collingwood. Against those top teams, when they just, those top teams have that ability to really ramp up the pressure, I don't know if we've had yet the composure and leadership uh, and maturity as a group yet, going just eight rounds under Scott. Um, to handle that as yet. Uh, it's, it's taking us sort of 30, 40 minutes to get our head together and then we counter, but sometimes it's maybe too late and we're still going to lose yeah. the game. But as your maturity goes as a young group um, or as just a learning group under Scott, as your maturity goes and your faith in your game plan, you understand your opponent's movements better, you having, and this is a big hope, you're having leaders come through your system uh, that can really guide the team, uh, you know, six or eight leaders come through from that that kind of younger 20s bracket uh, in the next two or three years that can guide the guys on the field. There's more maturity across the field, how to handle those situations, how to just kick the ball around for two minutes, stop the momentum, stop the play, Um so that's that's where this group's got to go, but there. But I still think there should be excitement among fans to go. We're on the cusp of that, though. Like when we we are for two or three quarters really taking it to these teams and sometimes beating them uh, in these in, in in 50, 60 minute periods, and that's the exciting part. We're not far off. The game plan works, man. It, when it when it's up and about, and when we've got the right cattle in position, then it works. Even without Peter Wright, like it still works. So I I agree. I mean, it's I, I've been struggling with trying to think of how to think of these losses. You you put the it's the procurement guy in me. You put the um, evaluation criteria on it. You go, they are the top four sides. We are a bottom four team from last year, just learning a new way of 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 running a club. Um, we also, <clears throat> excuse me, we also are in putting ourselves in positions where clubs like us have the talent to be able to win it. So that's a yeah. negative. But then you think they've learnt from certain mistakes they've made and 
Scott's game plan of of not sort of being the player out there. It's the position, and it seems to be working. I've settled on patience, Grantos. I've settled on just patience. I think I know we all wanted to beat Port Adelaide, but genuinely that was going to be a really tough, tough, tough ask. Brisbane this week <laughs> with one of the most dangerous forward lines in the comp and us without two of our really genuinely important um, defenders we are in all sorts. <laughs> yes. And and look, that is okay, I think. I look, we'll talk about Brisbane. One thing I do want to mention is is I think we also, uh, as a, a fan base, um, and remember where the media were at as well, a week before the season started, we hear that Peter writes out for most of the season. Just remember your thought process when you heard that news and what you thought the Essendon Football Club, looking at that first 10 weeks of the season, how many times did you think personally, and I think if we're all honest with ourselves, to go, we could be two and eight here. Like we could be three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. agree. And, uh, you know, I saw tweets, and you know, I won't mention them, but I saw the Harley Reid Cups. You know, we're going to go for Harley Reid this year when okay. the, with no Peter Wright because Peter Wright kicked 50-odd goals. He was the best and fairest. He was so critical. He's the he's just as important as Ridley on the other end of the ground because he's a sensational backup ruckman as well. Not, yep. So he kicks you 50-odd goals and backs up Draper at a high level around there. How many times do you see him marking on the wing? I was going to say, and, and, uh, yeah. the thing that we don't have at the moment. We have, we have no marking presence anywhere around the midfield, and which we'll talk about maybe as well. He's a huge out. That's why I think this first eight games, if you put into that how significant a player we lost and where our percentage is 109, so we're scoring that well. Uh, from a system, uh, add Peter Wright into that part-time ruck and forward role, and, you know, you're really talking a tough team to beat. Um, And, you know, obviously you want Ridley back and you want Laverde back by the the second half of the year. Um, Obviously Ridley will only miss a week, so that's obviously a guarantee. Um, Laverde may have another five or so weeks. Um, So second half of the year, you're just praying to the – the football gods that you please enough with the injuries. Can we just have some settle and can we just yeah. have a, an actual, a decent side second half of the year? Because the draw does open up in reality to twice North Melbourne, twice um, uh, West coast. Yep. You've got crows at home, bulldogs, tigers, dream time. A lot of teams that are, Feel like right now, if you're looking at them, all beatable. You got another GWS game. You genuinely got, compare, compete with, if not beat them. Yeah, you got Sydney at Marvel. Uh, you've got you've got actual winnable games coming up post this really hard period. Um, so, I think there's a lot to be excited about how the year could play out. Um, but yeah, it's I'm not doom and gloom. Uh, but yeah, it's let's. How about we go to a break? We'll dissect the game a bit more and we'll talk about who we'll sort of take, as we always do, we'll talk about who we thought played well and, you know, maybe we always have an honesty session who didn't play so well, but we'll, we'll talk about that after the break.
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, I'm just looking at the stats, Scotty, to uh, kick off this next segment. And I think I've said this a couple of times on the pod. When you go to look at the stats, <clears throat> excuse me, and you hit the disposals tab, we've got Darcy doing what Darcy does, um, just getting his hands on the ball. Dermy said it once, he said it a thousand times. I'd rather get my hands on the ball than not. So he's doing that job. Zach Merritt doing the job as well, trying to get up there. But after those two, it's just port, 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 port. Up in those high to middle 20 possession um, games, Boak and Houston and Butters and Rosie, you can't win a game of football when Dylan Scheel and Martin and those guys, even Caldwell, are in the 19 to 17 possession games. What do you think of – can I ask you a question? I've been yeah. thinking about this lately. Um, the the stringer in the center line right is an interesting one because you you get the instant positive of his gruntness. Um, and but I don't know what anyone else thinks. I can't help think the last two three week move weeks move of Setterfield to the wing when I thought he had such a good first five weeks has kind of stopped his mojo. Like we've just yeah. seen a – it's almost like we're, the Carlton set of field we're getting where they – where they almost they played him in the same kind of area. Um, I don't know if we've missed a trick with that. Uh, and and I, I've said to you a couple of times, where is Setterfield's physicality in the middle? He was bone-crunching people at some stage, like for the last few weeks. He was tackling everybody and was re- a really big physical presence in there. And everybody's going, well, yeah, that's that's what he's capable of, right? So I am wondering why he's not as effective or as as strong as he has been in the middle. Yeah, well, he's literally he didn't he didn't attend one centre bounce. Uh, there's a stat he didn't, t- and so he's literally played the wing. And uh, yeah, I don't. And it's it's yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a hard one when you take away his strength like that. Like it's that's his game, uh, and uh, and whether you you shift a. Another guy around, but I mean, Parrish and Merritt are getting the ball so much, it's hard, isn't it? So a, a question straight back to you, mate. Are we are we robbing Peter to pay Paul by putting um, Stringer in the middle? Sure, the, the temptation is just too much for Brad Scott, and I understand that Jake Stringer is just a beast and he's in there every two minutes and he's going to come yeah. out with the ball, right? Yeah, he is. But are we just are we basically saying that we don't have that player? We don't have well, it. We set set, not it. I thought we did in the first month. That's that's so it. I thought he, I thought yeah, he's not he's him. not the burst of stringer. I get that. He's not that kind of but I thought his physicality was great inside and So why again is it just seduced by Jack by Jake's physicality in the middle and then maybe you move him down forward for a little period of time? But I kind of think we're we are rubbing Peter to pay Paul. We're kind of we're we're sort of throwing a like a, we're trying to fix a problem by just chucking Jake in there. And it's not a long-term solution to have Jake in the middle because he's played more games in a row recently than he has for the last five years, right? So the more you put Jake Stringer in the middle, the more he's likely to get injured and the less likely we have that incredible X factor in the forward line. So I'd, I'd be very interested to understand why no Setterfield in there. Yeah, they've definitely changed the rotations now. So Cobble's going through a lot there a lot more. Um, and whether that's just a by choice now that they're going to, they, they definitely had a system where there was really just four, 
four midfielders just going through uh, for most of the game. But they're now, you know, even Archie's getting a few little runs in there. Colwell's getting run in there. Stringer's getting run there. But it was just odd that Setterfield's not getting, like, to, to have not a centre bounce. And just, I just found that uh, it's like, it's almost, be, it's too over overcorrection. Uh, maybe maybe he's carry? carrying something. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's like he's he's a he's a strange option to even think about even a half back role if you if you want to change up his role out of the midfield just because of his height um and his physicality uh but yeah it's um i mean i mean obviously the other i wouldn't say victim because he last week he was fantastic it was actually in my votes but dylan shield the last two weeks been of soul forward um yeah. so out of um so yeah just different Make up, but you. I just hope we don't lose the momentum because obviously Shieldy was a bit. He was still competing hard and had the best hip and shoulder you'd ever want to see in a game. Yeah. Uh, but he was definitely more quieter, and you just felt less of an impact. But that was we only had forty odd inside fifty, so you know a lot of the forwards found it hard to get an impact because they're just. You know, we lost the inside fifties by eighteen, so it's just naturally the ball didn't come down as much, um, and then you you lose that kind of presence. So, uh, I, yeah, it's it's something I'm just going to monitor um, just as a fan and just see. I just don't. I thought the mojo was really good of, of those guys and the midfield group that were the first month, um, but yeah, since they've changed it up, and it could be load management, could be niggling injuries so i totally get that and, and it's you never you never really have an inside view on that case of yeah. what what's actually going but um yeah it's just for me it's drove a little bit of inconsistency in quarters um where we're getting smashed a bit more heavily in 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 bursts of 20 30 minute periods than than previous uh, but obviously, Hobbsy got a lot of rotations actually in the middle as well. So there's another play. Well, maybe, see, maybe they're maybe they're working him into there to be sort of the long term solution. But the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, mate, in your opinion, what is the differences between center bounces, center bounce clearances, and around the ground clearances? Why can we do the center bounce so well at times, um, and just be no good? Because it's the same kind of thing. It's the same sound. See, I, I disagree. I, I find it quite different. So if you look at it, um, so center bounce. We get smashed. We get smashed at the at the round the ground clearances. So a center bounce clearance strike, because of the 666 rule, um, you only have a certain amount of guys around the ball. So it's very much who blocks for who and, and who gets, you know, whose little system inside that circle is working better because you you know you're going to palm it to a direction and can you get that guy running in that direction um, to get the ball? Uh, and so it's almost like a, a three versus three in the ruck, you know, kind of situation to me. Whereas stoppage... So why not us? But oh, a, sorry. Yeah, so a stoppage has like... Yeah, sometimes it's like 10 on 10. Like there's so many... There's so many... And what I noticed the, the, the stronger teams do is recognise whether we like it or not that we don't have a physical midfield um, and they get their physicality around the stoppages around the ground and and you don't have that run up and jump. It's just, a, you know, Draper's just standing underneath the ball and you have 10 guys around the ball and it's a, it's a kind of a battle of strength and just a sheer contested footy 
And the last three weeks we've lost in contested footy and we're just – it's an area that we just need to grow in a little bit better, which is probably why yeah. I want Setterfield in those stoppages more. Um, and even, you know, Setterfield and Jake in, for that matter, try and even sometimes have both of them in to have that strength and physicality around the stoppages to try and even them out a bit more. But it's a slight different craft for me is is because of the, because of the, the crowdedness of one situation and then just – the openness of a center bounce, which is three on three, and you, and yeah. you, you can work out a you can work out a system. We, uh, it was funny. Scott mentioned that Gia did overtime work uh, with that with the group on center bounce clearances this week, and okay. and um, gee, the the difference in the first quarter, the the clearances we got were insane. It was just clearance after clearance after clearance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're just dominating it. And it was it was great that we even identified that, uh, worked on it really hard. And that's another area, obviously, when even like the first segment, we're talking about the club, how much we've changed coaching, development, tactical strategy. Uh, it feels, a, you know, whether like or not, it feels more mature. It feels more... Um, development is the big word there, right? Yeah. Like we, we've, we haven't developed certain players particularly well at all, right? Yeah. So this year, I think you can, this year you can see the remarkable difference um, in how we're developing a game plan. And then how the players that we have, the Hobbs and the set of field up until just recently, um, those guys, how they're performing in that new in that new game plan, how they're developing. Yeah. Which is great to hear. Uh, so, look, I know we could go through a whole lot of stats, but it was a fairly even performance. So I just a few names that shout out to me. We mentioned, obviously, Parrish and Merritt, and they got in the coaches' votes. They got three votes each in the coaches' yeah. votes. Um, Draper got one vote. Um, uh, I thought Draper's last quarter, credit to him, um, he stood up big time. Um, and look, I know, I think he's having a better year than probably some I've seen on social media give him credit for. I think he's competing really, really hard each game. Uh, he's not a finished, polished product yet, uh, but gee, he's, he's doing more things and more games that look so, you know, look really um, his aggression and his momentum is giving us, and sometimes in patches, I feel like is much more consistent than I've seen the last couple of years where some games he was basically two possessions and out of the game. But this year, I always feel like I'm reading 10 to 15 possessions. Yeah. He's always ha- like, always having a shot on goal. Um, he's just having more like impact. saying that Draper is either – sorry, would I be right in saying that he isn't known for having a tank – but this year he's potentially building one because oh yeah, building one, but not there yet, but building one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that fourth quarter, normally he he not normally, but he's not renowned for being able to go like that in the fourth quarter. Yeah, right? that's true. So, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so point. He's it's it's good to see. I mean, I, and I don't know the old ruckman mate. They take longer. Maybe that's maybe that's the saying. But if he can put that in for three, that kind of incredible effort for three quarters. There's not many ruckmen that can match that man. Like the when you see him do what he does when he follows up like a <laughs> sidestep around one of their midfielders, sidestep dudes, <laughs> and he's all energy and he's all like he's kicking the ball out of midair sideways and stuff. The other ruckmen don't know what to do with him. No, no, he's, he's a he's very very hard football footballer to play. So that was cool. I wanted to give a shout out to um, even though he didn't sort of set the world on fire, but Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody. He was a bit more involved in this game, I thought. I saw him up on the wing a few times. I saw him sort of further than just inside 50. 
Yeah. I, I want to steer us in a footy club. I want to see that more often. Yeah. Is Tipper, is Tipper um, fit enough to do that? Because put him up on a wing. And the other half of that was um, the Davy Kitty. Like he was playing up on a wing. He was sort of all over the shop. One, I'd love to ask the question as to why they've been released outside 50. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, there's two parts of that. I was really happy with Waller's um, step up. That was a big step up. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I thought Davey was the quietest player on the ground. Um, yeah. And he's, he's on the, he's on the verge for me of, of whether he gets developed in the VFL more and just adds a few more layers of craft and, and, and just, or, or do you just throw caution to the wind and say it's a it's a development year? We'll put him in the senior still. But he looks he often looks like a boy playing against men. Yeah, he, like there's sometimes there was some tackles. He just he just didn't have the strength to. They just ran past yeah. him because he didn't have the strength yeah. to to do it. He was completely out of the game in the last forty minutes. Like he he his first half was was he looked like he was semi lively, but then as the game went on, he just. You know, let's be honest. He 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 just went out of the game, and it's just I don't see it as a negative. Um, I'm I'm quite you know relaxed with with, with the Davy. I think he I really believe he's going to be a great player. I'm just I'm sincere in saying is right now I'm not quite sure if it's better for his development to play a high half forward mid role in the VFL, get some real touches, mm. get some you know develop really you know sincerely develop in that area. Have Stanton talking through him, talking about how different things he can do or, you know, or, or do you just give him games experience for now? So I, I, I don't know which way he'll go. I mean, obviously Snelling played well in the VFL, you know, do you go with the more mature or do you want to develop? Uh, it's, yeah. it's a tricky one. I, I'm on the edge of each way. Um, All right. But yeah, but yeah. you're right. Tipper was a, a really, um, was a, a pleasing game and it looked like he was running pretty well out the game. So it was a pleasant sort of surprise to see him up and more involved in, in the, in the, the goings on of the game. Really. Yeah. Like four, four tackles, good pressure. Um, uh, so All right, I, next question, I'll give a shout out um, because I think this guy had probably the hardest task on the ground. And I thought BZT battled his, his butt off, to be honest. and That was the exact person I was just about to say. I, the guy yeah. that is easy to slap and he's he's easy to hang SH1T on, but the man just keeps backing up week after week on people that have got 30 kilos on him, <laughs> right? 30 kilos and inches on the man, and he still tries his heart out. Yeah, he... Dixon, you would have taken Dixon two goals any time. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. You would have gone, oh, great, Dixon two goals. He can kick one in the first, one in the third, and then bugger off for the rest of the period of time, which is pretty much what he did. Yeah, it was was a a really – I thought he was sensational. Um, I think his desire, you know, he could have – you know, I said this last week when Hawkins got him in the first half – I loved that the second half, even though he was switched, I love he didn't drop his head and he competed his butt off and then beat his opponent, new opponent, um, in the Geelong game. But then he came into this guy going, all right, now I've got back to the, the monster again. The, you know, there's, there's nothing I can do. There's no play that can go on him. Um, I have to just battle it out. And 
he just worked his butt off. It's, you sensed almost he learned a few things from the week before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously you guys, guys, guys like Fletch who work at the club and other guys, Hurley works at the club, you know, they, would, they had some instructions around that. But he, he sometimes shoved um, Dixon under the ball sometimes. So he, yeah. actually, uh, he just did little crafty things about like how you can manage uh, a guy like that. Uh, so it was – I thought it was really, really pleasing. Um, Mate, there's, there's been discussion on the Facebook page today, which I appreciate. Um, get rid of BZT, bring in um, Mackay from North Melbourne. I, I couldn't disagree more. Right? I couldn't disagree more. But BZT is, is, this is his season, man. That second half of last season, he looked like a world beater. The problem is, is that he's just played Hawkins, bloody Cameron and Dixon. Right? Like, Man, anybody's going to get smashed. Anybody's going to get – Tomahawk had a day off, a day out. For me, fine. yeah. For me, he's only been beaten once. Like That's it. And, and that's a good ratio, like eight games, seven and one. That's like, it. Ask Dustin Fletcher, who's one of the better defenders of all time, right, how many times a big, dirty, great big Stephen Kernahan or Lockett or Modra or Dunstall, all those guys, got off the chain on him, right, or Ablett for that matter, right? I've seen Ablett, Ablett kick forward. Yeah. Exactly right. At kick a similar end on, right? <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that happens. And for BZT to keep fronting up and keep putting in the effort is worth its weight in gold because he's good at what he does, man. He's maturing as a footballer every single game. And I reckon, despite the fact that you get kicked eight on you and it doesn't feel good, um, I reckon he's learning. I reckon he's taking those, those, like you said, he's taken the eight that feels crap but he's learning not to play with the big boys. Don't stand toe-to-toe with them, right? Try and do something different. So BZT for mine, big um, uh, big tick. Um, One for me, here's the question. Uh, they gave Andy Phillips another game. Does he get another game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a good last quarter, all admittedly. He t- took a couple of marks. and He's all effort. Um, he was pretty quiet the first half. Um Oh, dear. It's six days. When are we going to give Brian a go, man? When, when are we going to, if the kid's any good, when are you going to give him a go? Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Um, they clearly like, you know, you, I think the obvious thing is Scott really likes the two ruck setup, but he, he desperately needs Andy to find the form that he sh- actually actually his that talent he's capable that of. he's capable of. He, yeah. He's just he's more just literally out of form rather than that's the Andy the player. It's it's just he needs to just find his old form. If he finds just his normal old form, um, we're being semi dangerous in the forward line and competing hard in the ruck. We you know it would make a dramatic change to this side. So I don't know if it's just my wishing. And then part of me doesn't know where his body's at because he's had the five day break. This is a six day break with Brisbane, um, so it's a you know how does his body get up? Because certainly when he had the five day break again in Anzac Day, he was invisible. Uh, so yeah. I think you have to be wary of of that. And and you know. It doesn't mean mean you could you could bring in another forward and have Widerman as a forward, but be the backup ruck instead of Brian. And you have that change in tactic and have more more run and and. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I like the idea of Phillips, but I want him to play better. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> don't we all? Uh, I, I think I just wonder whether or not we can bring 
Brian in as a dedicated forward. Right, as a dedicated <laughs> forward, and no, he's got his. And you saw my face. Uh, sorry. Look, look, his strength is his ruck. At, at, his, at, a, at the, this stage okay. of his development, it's clearly his strength is his ruck. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's. That's, uh, where, that's for have, me, that's where he's at. Uh, and look. Can we have Andy Phillips in the forward line, dedicated forward, three rucks? No, three rucks. No, no. Hey, hey, listen, hey. No. Andy, Andy, <laughs> hey, Andy Phillips in the forward line, dedicated forward, right? Brian and Draper, for uh, two rucks. If it becomes a little bit obvious that three, three, like it's never been done in history, but three <laughs> ruckmen is hurting you slightly, then you get rid of um, Draper. Uh, you get rid of uh, Phillips, and you bring on the sub. No, no. Uh, look, about 14 other clubs don't even hardly go with the two-ruck rule, let alone the three-ruck rule. Uh, well, that could be the point of difference, though. More rucks. Yeah, but the point of if difference is... less rucks, we go more rucks. The point of difference is you've got a halfback line just streaming out of Brisbane because we've got rucks chasing them. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, um, but no, it, I, I do... <laughs> I, and if anyone can see, you've got a very cheeky smile on you, but... Um, uh, but yes, I, I, <laughs> thanks for that offer of uh, proposal that with that cheeky smile. Um, but uh, yes, I can't help but think that the three ruckman more ruck rule is just not being recognised by the airport. No, anywho. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, that's another thing that I'm not allowed to say. Did I tell you that? What? Apparently, anywho. I'm oh, I did. I see that post, and someone said you yeah. shouldn't say anywho. Um, didn't say anywho. I'm um, all for people telling directed. you off. I love when people tell you I know, off. It's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 encu- I, I encourage that. that. that everybody, Bomber Blitz every, does it so well. Every human in the entire world really, really, really loves it when somebody else tells them how to talk. <laughs> That's really, I love that, lots and lots. So, well, I say, Dan- uh, but it, I, I say Danaher and I still get told off. So There you go, right? So, but it, anywho, um, let's just uh, continue on, shall we? Yeah, yeah I just I want to give I want to give a sneaky shout out just before we go a sneaky shout out. Um, again to a guy that's <clears throat> I don't know he's going to win you a Brownlow, but just that that smidge unsung, hasn't been injured, been sort of serviceable. Jake Kelly, I knew you were going to say that name. I just knew it. Jake Kelly, he just they just the people just forget that he's just down there. He's pretty solid around under he? Dixon yeah. and stuff. He's being solid. Right? I'm not I'm not I'm not saying he was best on ground. I'm just saying that Jake Kelly just slides into that team and does reasonably good things. Unassumingly very effective. Unassumingly effective. I see you, Jakey. Um, well done, mate. No, I, I he was in my mention, so you you you've got that right. Uh because Good, good, good. Uh uh and look, isn't it isn't it a tease on these couple of these goals, couple of these plays? Of Archie Perkins, he can, uh, yeah, he's a, his talent man is so there and you go, how can how I get this guy it, the ball 10 more times? How do we do it? How does he get the ball 10 more times? Because, <laughs> yeah, because like that goal from 50 on the boundary line, you know, just, just sums it up. Oh yeah, I can do this. Never even look like missing. Yeah, yeah, he's got some serious talent, and look, it is uh, look, it is early in his career, and they obviously get better and they get more consistent as they get older. Yeah. I do generally think there's a serious play there, but I will say, and I said this last week again, there was a couple of moments where 
I thought he was, uh, I don't want to say that word, uh, where he could have tackled harder um, or okay. had more of a physical presence in a tackle and it went a bit too by him too easily. Uh, I really want him to get that aggro appetite because he's a strong boy and mm. he's, there was a couple of times I went, oh, come on, Archie, you got to be more competitive than that. I wonder with the big good-looking unit that he is, I wonder if that's in his in his DNA. It has to though, because he's a high half forward. And you need that pressure. It's part of it's yeah, part of nice. it's part of Brad Scott's DNA. So I, I think they'll be talking to him about that. But he's he's got to get that string to his to his bow. Um, he's but, got it when he's got the ball. Oh yeah, he bro- he, he just swivels those hips, man, and guys go bouncing off it. That's uh, exactly right. Like they 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 he just. He knows how to break tackles and be physical when he's got the ball. So, yeah, you're right. It might be it might be interesting conversation to have with him and just sort of say, mate, you're doing well. The talent, just undeniable, but maybe a bit more physicality. Yeah. Do you know a player that I'm, you know, who I've actually said, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be good or not. I'm still not unsure. Boy, we need him right Ariel now. No? Is Nick Cox. It's like. I was thinking just during that game when Ridley went down, gee, Nick Cox say he's playing on the wing, right? What a perfect replacement to put him at half back, 200 centimetres. Um, I mean, obviously, a big and a big annoyance was Sam Durham's suspension too because yeah, yeah. What, one thing I noticed, you know, with Coxie out and Sam Durham out, uh, our marking around the midfield. Yeah, it's, it's – yeah. Where, yeah, it's no good, man. Oh, actually, yeah, now, we, I want to talk about that. But even just – even just, it's not just that we don't have an aerial presence. There was just – there were so many occasions where three, oh, three guys were just watching the ball just land into a poor guy and there was no actual spoil or competition for the ball. So it's, it's that, just that try and bring it to ground, is, let alone mark it. that damned thing, mate, that we – you know how, like, the – as part of coaching for the midfield, sometimes they say you don't have to be the first pair of hands on the ball because you can, as soon as the guy gets it, you can tackle him. I hate that with a passion. I hate wait for the guy to get the ball and then tackle him. You don't always have to be the first person on the, on the, on the ball. Sometimes that just happens, man, because the amount of times we had a ball flying out of half back. And you just look down the park, and the the Port Adelaide Jason Horn Francis took two chest marks, and I'm not talking Duke's out to the marks. I'm talking straight into his guts with the ball at sort of junk height, and nobody else contested it. Everybody was just waiting for everybody else to spoil it or for Sammy Draper to come over the top and and launch it. That I hated that with a passion because it just went straight down their throats. And the ball came straight back. I, yeah, I, I think I've always said it, mate. I'm going to put my hand up. I'm gonna, I've always said it, that Nick Cox as an outlet pass outside of 50 or a kick-in outlet pass is a really good idea. Yeah. Because at 200, man, like, I don't know who's going to run with him and take the mark. If you can lob it up nicely for him, he's going to take a mark eight times out of 10 and get you that relief outside 50. So, yeah, I can't wait. He's, what is he, five weeks or something now? Yeah, yeah. Four? Four or five. Yeah, yeah. I four think, or five. I think, I think around four. 
Um, yeah, and he's going to have to play a few. So this is the thing, right? So, but yeah, no, I, I agree. He's he's a he's a big out. Sam Durham would have been the first person you put straight back down there um, when Ridley um, uh, went down. So yeah, there's we didn't play particularly well in parts. We played great in parts, but we didn't particularly play well in parts. Then we had players really mess up our process or our our, um, our sort of game plan, and it ended up in a six-point loss, five-point loss. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, we've got a long season ahead, but it's Mate, long season it's, ahead. It's exciting season ahead, and uh, hopefully, uh, we continue I to just, grow. I can't. I can't feel bad, man. I don't feel SH1T. I don't. I'm 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 okay, man. I'm okay with it. I really am. <laughs> and we'll be honest, right? Like I know the listeners probably think that we're all about the positivity on the on the page and on the on the pod, and we are because, man, it's a it's a sport. So let's see if we can be positive about it, if possible. But Scotty and I <clears throat> will tell everybody on here if we think it ain't working or we don't see it or something's going wrong. But I think Scotty and I would both agree that things are just working. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people who've listened to our show for ages have seen me have major concerns of how Wusha was coaching, have real concerns about how Truck was coaching yeah. uh, at stages, um, uh, you know, had concerns about how the CEO was operating historically. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll say what I think and when I have, you know, when I think there's some real things we've got to sort as a club and, you know, I remember Rowan Conley coming on and we <laughs> dissected the, nearly the whole club and where there was concerns and in fan, yep. me, member engagement and, you know, how things were operating. Um, and so we'll call things out, but I just don't see it so far this year. I think the, it's a club that's really wanting to stabilise, um, have less noise, um, show up, have the coach be the spokesperson, no one, and, and pretty much that's it. Um, and, and then the guys just trying to learn on the field and how to be more consistent, but having a standard of being at least competitive and, and seeing every game out, and, and that's what's happening. And that's – we were so poor that that's had to be the first step of just driving standards and and, and playing out games – and having pride in your performance and walking away the game going, yeah, we lost, but we've got, we did, you know, we ticked off these kind of things and we can grow from that. And that's where the year's taken us so far. And, and, and we've got some very winnable games coming up in the last 12 or so rounds. Yep. And that I hope we can really counter strike and, and start get some real momentum and, and, um, you know, see where that leads. Uh, but I, I, I Absolutely. we haven't, you know, in all honesty, we have not played half the kids that we want to play. Like, it, it's it, you know, obviously we heard the news about Reed's hammy. Yeah, you know, I was I was absolutely gutted with that yeah, news. Same. And and you know, I'm gutted for him. I I was actually thinking today, we all can do social media, right? And we all have Gumby 2.0, and we all tweet, and we all post it, and all that. You know. Imagine this kid, he's played eight games of senior footy, like in yeah. in his third year. Imagine him waking up today. And, you know, I almost wanted to find out, you know, can I DM him to just encourage him and just say, hey, keep at it. You know, you know, really like what you can you could bring to this club. Keep at it. Uh, because it would be would have been a, a, a pretty 
bloody tough day for him waking up this morning know, going this it's a lonely it's a you know i go to training a lot it's bloody lonely business going to these rehabs constantly and now he's just got back um and he's back in the rehab group you know more than likely for three or four weeks if it's if it's a hemi strain um which sounds like it may be um and it's yeah, it would have. Been, it's a tough builder for him to swallow. These guys want to compete. Gutted, man. They want to play, um, but we you know, we haven't seen Sardis and Cox, and um, so there's just a lot of top end draft talent that we just cannot at the moment. Sardis is a little bit different; just started, but we haven't just yeah. got on the park yet. And you know, Jaden Davies meant to be a sensational small forward. We haven't we don't see him till next year. There's just a whole lot of stuff to come in still into this group when yep. with hopefully a lot more games under their belt and growth that, you know, in two or three years time we go, wow, you know, haven't we got a really great list coming through and, and, and here we go. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to, but boy, you, you know, as a club, you hope we get things right. We can manage injuries, right. Um, Cause obviously Harry Jones now we've hearing is, is going to have out for a while yep. with back um, another young player, uh, that we still haven't had string of games together in, he, in his fourth year, uh, fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth year actually maybe. Um, so it's just that's the frustrating part. We've got to get these tall kids with a lot of talent on the park playing. Whether yeah. it's VF, it doesn't matter if it's VFL or AFL, we've just got to get them on the park so we can actually develop them. So guys like Cloakey and Hurley and Stance and, and Tudor can actually – can, can, um, I was going to say, teach him how to play footy. <laughs> yeah, uh, can, yeah. Uh, teach him how to play footy and, and bring him into the, then the seniors and and have them ready to go. So, a lot of talent sitting on the park still. Um, and you know, absolutely on the bench even. You, <coughs> look at if you said the Crichton, who was in the top three? You know, okay, one was Peter Wright, three was Matt Guelphy, and they're both not visible at so far this yeah. year. Almost, uh, Matt's obviously going to come back in in two or three weeks, but. We just got some key players out, and and we'll we'll grow from that. And Grelfy would have played this, you know. Grelfy would be playing right now easily, easily, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, lot to you know. You hopefully touch wood. Our injuries can really sort themselves out in the second half of the year. Look, before we go, uh, the VFL obviously had a three goal loss. Pretty frustrating. Um, obviously, Reedy went out of the game in the second quarter uh, with that hamstring. Um, they're, I think everyone has to understand they're going to have a bit of a rough patch uh, because you, now you're going to bring out a Montgomery or a Baldwin um, yeah. uh, with the situation uh, the way it is with our back line. Uh, so I think with that, I wouldn't be surprised if a Snelling may come in for this Brisbane game. Um, so I think you're going to have a bit of uh, a lack of experience in the VFL <laughs> in the next one or two weeks, really, because you, you – so I think – you know, I think there has to be some understanding that, you know, you strip that many guys out. You have that kind of t- – when you have that 10 to 13 block of players injured, it really does affect the your VFL performance. But they lost by three goals. Uh, not too much to report. Montgomery had 24 disposals and 11 marks, so good time for him to have a game like that. that. All right. <laughs> uh, Baldwin, I think he had around about 17 disposals, seven marks and two goals. Um, played kind of half defense, half forward. Um, but had a had a decent game. Nick Bryan had a fairly decent game. Snelling had a decent game. Vossi uh, had a quiet one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. 
And Narkel, by the way, had a really good game. Uh, so he's an interesting yep. one. Um, so that's it for us. The VFLW girls won their fourth game in a row. That is the big positive. Um, so look, a big shout Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Big shout out to the VFLW girls. Beat the. Uh, beat the Saints uh, four in a row. They're now in the top six um, with that with that fourth win in a row. So, you know, um, they're the they're the team to watch <laughs> on form That's at the moment. Man. Get down there! But uh, yeah, massive, massive, massive kudos to to the girls and um, performing really, really well after a, a slightly shaky start. They they're coming on much stronger now and and putting in really solid performance. So well done to all the girls. That's it for us. All right, mate. Well, um, a bit of a different one on a Monday um, via uh, over the the, uh, the Zoomage, but uh, um, I think we did well. I think uh, it's one of our best shows, <laughs> if I'm honest. No, just kidding. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you. If you're a Patreon, we will talk to you on Thursday for our team selection show. We'll be actually able to name a team considering the games on Sunday or Saturday night, I believe, is it? Uh, Saturday night, yeah, yeah, in Brisbane. Saturday so um, so we'll be able to uh, name a team on Thursday for the team selection show. Then straight after the uh, game, we'll be doing our uh, – normal post-game selection show, and then we're back on deck on Monday again. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Go Bombers.